Yeah. All right, here we go. The T-bone. <laughs> And chick brew. Let's God bless all these years. Just get it right one time. What do you want from me? Forty years they've been trying. You couldn't fire somebody if they were horrible, doing a terrible job for the veterans. And now you can say you're fired. <laughs> okay. No one listens to radio. And now for a quick disclaimer: the T-bone and chick brew show is brought to you by nobody. We have no sponsors. The show is still rated G for glorious. And we're back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we know you've missed us. It's T-bone and chick brew on the internet. It's where we pick our former radio show and we bring it to the internet. And we still try to just basically. Uh, we got some segments. We talk about our friends, and we talk about the news and food, and well, I mean, it's really not hard. It's not uh, not like we got a lot going on. We share we share information. Some it's it's educational and uh, is maybe entertaining, and you're guaranteed at least one laugh an hour. So that's our that's our going rate one LPH. <laughs> if, if we hit two LPHs, you know, that's double our normal. So we're trying our best. I am going to discuss a sensitive subject today. Uh, some instances of sensitivity that may or may not make the show, depending on how our conversation goes. Did you have another colonoscopy? I have not. Uh, I do look, for, I did talk about my colonoscopy recently in a way where like, I'm just, uh, you know, you should just listen to my show. Uh, if you listen to my show, you know all about my butt. I, uh, we talk about my butt a lot. And the uh, I, I think the episode is uh, TK's last show ever, maybe. Uh, that was the that was the colonoscopy episode, the pre-colonoscopy episode. And, and sorry to be a spoiler, I did survive. <laughs> but I, I didn't know. <laughs> And the show continues. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to survive. Anesthesia is a real thing. And people sometimes, so I don't, I don't expect anybody listening right now to go back and find the old show we're talking about. So I'll briefly recap, uh, because no show is a show if we're not talking about my butthole. Uh, so I am a hypochondriac. It is what I am. I fear death. And the closer I get to it, the more fear I have of it. I had to do my annual, no, not annual. God, no, it's not annual. I had to do my whatever half of 100 is my bicentennial. No. Yeah. Yeah, my bicentennial. Yeah. I had to do my bicentennial colonoscopy. And uh, the the anesthesia part freaked me out a little bit. So I just... A begged, little bit? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I begged them, please, please don't do the countdown. Don't do the, okay, just count backwards from 10. Please don't do that. Because if I do die, that's not the way I want to go out. And like, oh, don't worry. We, we won't do that to you. So I'm in there, they're, they're hitting me with the juice, and it comes that point where they, they just need to find out if you're with them or not. So I crack a joke. Don't remember what the joke was. I do remember in the room full of people that are about to explore my, explore my nether regions, I do remember all of them laughing. So it was a good joke. And, and then the next thing I remember is, okay, we're done. So... 
Anastasia. The only time I've been under anesthesia here, they were listening to AFN and I said, hey, that's me. And then they started playing the next song on the radio and I started singing along to it. And then I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a, a life experience. I think everyone should uh, should get everybody should get. KO'd by medically <laughs> at least once. Medically induced knockout. I recommend it because uh, when the light switch goes off, mm, a la Tony Soprano, when the light switch goes off, that's all you got. It just, it just blink. And if you're lucky, you, know, you get to somebody waking you up going, okay, that's over. And if you're not lucky, that's it. That's the blink of an eye. It's gone. So treat each day like it could be your last, and one day you'll be right. And now that we've started the show, what was your sensitivity that you were talking about? I have some issues with people that I am doing my best to be above. And I want to talk about it, but I don't want to be so specific that it gives those persons the um, satisfaction of knowing I'm talking about them. So it would be very hard to do because it's it's kind of personal. You're talking about me? I'm right here. Dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to super generalize. I'm going to super generalize the, the framework of, of, of my dilemma. In my life, I have met people. And some of these people I have loved dearly. Some of them I have liked pretty much. But at some point in life, that has changed. For whatever reason, me and person A or person B no longer communicate at all. We're done. I don't want that person in my life anymore for whatever reason. Uh, for, for the negativity, for... Um, uh, 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 assumed offense, whatever it may be, I don't want that person in my life anymore. So on the social media side of the house, I unfriend them. Or on the social media side of the house, I never friend them because maybe me, our friendships pre-existed social media and they've sought me out and they, and they want to be my friend and I, I don't want anything to do with that. Because whatever it was that made me decide I was done with you is a permanent thing. It's not, I'm not a wish-washy kind of person, but at the same time, I try to be nice. So whereas I don't out and out say, I don't want you to contact me because I hold grudges, uh, you know, because, uh, because no, I, I don't do that. I don't engage. I just kind of try to rise above. And I had an interesting back and forth where somebody asked me to do something someone that I have unfriended somebody that is no longer in my circle that I don't communicate with I have no contact with out of the blue reaches out and says I want you to be a part of this project and I, I, I think about it and I remember the reasons why I don't deal with this person and I politely say uh, not interested Best of luck. I don't, you don't get into the wording. Very, very short. Immediately, why? I don't respond. And when I don't respond to the why, then there's this other message that's followed that's so long I can't read it all in the preview about why they think. And I just, 
I'm never going to open that message. I'm never going to read it to find out what you said. Uh, my, my, uh, my answer was as honest and as pure as I could be. Um, I'm not interested. Best of luck to you. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, navigating the personal relationship waters, what would you give me? Would you give me a zero because I'm a horrible person because I don't just confront people with news? Would you give me a 10 because the way I handled it was amazing? Oh, or am I somewhere in the middle? I mean, I think it's a 10. You don't owe everyone an explanation for every single choice that you make. You're an adult. I don't, if you weren't, you weren't offensive. You, you don't have to say why you don't want to do something. <laughs> I just Isn't don't want to do it. Isn't that a crazy thought? <laughs> no, thank you. Is the end. It's the end of the discussion. No, thank you. I wasn't mean. I wasn't angry. I was polite. No. And I wish you well. And, and, and if, the, if you never speak to me again, I've already accepted that long before apparently you knew. Or then there's just me and I just leave it on red. And then if they bother me about it again, I block them. Okay, so we're similar. We're, I, think, I think most people, now I know a lot of people who would engage in that kind of, Yeah. Uh, oh, you want to know why? I'll tell you why. And then the other person responds with, bah, 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 bah. and then they was, it's just back and forth, back and forth. And nobody needs that kind of negativity in their life. If you, you know, if you make a decision to cut somebody out of your life, stick with it. It shouldn't yeah. be a wish-washy thing. It should be a decision that is very hard to do, but once you make it, it should be forever. You won't be receiving any Christmas cards from me. In my, in my obituary, you won't get any acknowledgments. Oh, I, I thought about that recently. What, what if we started writing our obituaries while we were alive? Could you I do have a playlist. <laughs> uh, it's called long, oops i died oops i <laughs> died like, how long ago did you create the pay playlist and have you made adjustments i have made adjustments but i started the playlist circa 2003 okay i was 19 right <laughs> uh, which is probably why the title is oops i died <laughs> how many songs are on the playlist it is max 10. 10 songs on a playlist entitled Oops, I Died. Wow. So I if I want to... The audience on this one, and I want them to guess. <laughs> when I make changes, that means that something has surpassed. Something that sometimes it's like, oh, that's been on there for a long time. <laughs> so it's got to be good. Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again, ever show up on the list? No. <laughs> oh, I, I just but now that Br Britney's back, <laughs> <laughs> now that Britney's back, maybe I'll have to make some adjustments again. Britney's not only back, but she's crazier than ever. And me, as a man who likes to look at naked women, I don't have a problem with crazy rich women showing up on my Instagram feed naked again. Don't have a problem. Do you follow Britney Spears on Instagram? You're damn right, I do. <laughs> I'm not actually surprised. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not actually surprised I'm not, at all. I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, that's where I get all my haircut tips. <laughs> oh, you're due for a breakdown. I mean, a haircut. 
I am. Trust me, I hear about it all the time. But it's winter time, and I don't feel... My last haircut was fun. They did a really good job. And, uh, and it gave me a lot of humor. I, I was like, can you make me look more lesbian? And uh, they, they did. They, it was a really good cut. I really enjoyed that one. So I'm going to do that one again. When the time comes. Okay. <laughs> I realize that's a generalization. I got it. But I was know, like, did you have a fade or a mullet? I'm not sure. Do you remember what the you one where they did the clear uh, debarkation on the sides? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, had yeah. that hard part. Yeah, that and a flannel shirt. And I'm in the club, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, I tried. Uh, I, I'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> if I must. <laughs> oh, so that's what's going on in my life. What's been going on in yours? I know you're getting ready to go on a, a little travel vacation. Where are you going? What are you doing? Well, I'm not going on vacation. I'm going to drill and I'm probably going to get yelled at. So, <laughs> you know, just getting ready for that. Where? In Italy, good old Naples. Yeah, so you're going to go to Naples two weeks? Just one. Oh, you're going to go to Naples for a week and maybe get yelled at. But for, you know, in reality, you're not going to do much. You're a reservist and reservists don't. It's like, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, they're going to expect you to, like, show up and wear a uniform and say, yes, sir, no, sir, that kind of stuff. But uh, the expectations for you in the week that you're there are not real high. It's like it's like you're adopted. You're an adopted child, but you you know you're an adopted child with an expiration date. Here you go. Here's your 17 year old Eastern Bloc blonde, but you only get her for a week. Expectations are very low. My expectations are always very low when it comes to anything to do with the Navy. And, so I've got that going for me. And you're going to be in Naples of all. Places, I do. So. I know. And you know, it's it's funny because. I feel like a lot of times in the Navy, I don't really care so much for the Navy aspect, but I love the people. And I haven't seen some of these people in so long. It's going to be so nice to see everybody, whether I get yelled at or not. Find a way (laughs) to to find an excuse to go up to Gaeta and do some photos, some B-roll, a story, do something. Go to Gaeta and say hello to my friends. I love Gaeta. As do I. That is my my teleportation home of choice. (laughs) Did we ever discuss what yours would be? If, if, if you could live anywhere and instantly uh, teleport to work, where would it be? While she ponders the same as to the audience, to the audience. If you, if you, you were stuck in a job where you had to be, but you didn't like living in that area, where would you live? If you could step into a phone booth and immediately appear at work. And then at the end of the day, boop, immediately appear back home. Where would it be? You're going to love where I live. (laughs) I'm struggling because I love it here. I mean, maybe, maybe New York city because I love it there too. And they're so different. So you would live in New York and teleport to work? No, I would live in Puerto and teleport to New York. Right. Okay, so Puerto Puerto is your teleport home. Well, my dogs are here. Yeah. Mine is, well, I mean, wherever your home is. Yeah, Zeus is coming with me to Gaeta. That's, I mean, that, that's what that is. <laughs> so he would be with me there. But you know what? I hate saying this out loud. 
I have always contested, especially when I lived in Spain, that Gaeta was my teleportation home. But man, I miss Spain. I, it's you know, so wonderful. Maybe be- <laughs> hey, Zeus, speaking of which, maybe because I spent so much time. I spent more time in Rota, Spain than I have spent in any other place my entire life. And it became it became a home to me. And I, I, I miss it. I miss the people. I miss the lifestyle. And maybe that's my new... No, I will firmly say that is my teleportation backup. (laughs) Gaeta's full. Take me to Spain. (laughs) (laughs) But my experiences in Rhoda are more recent than my experiences in Gaeta. And I know Gaeta's changed and not necessarily for the better. And it's more crowded. Man, that's a toss-up. If the teleportation people came to me today and said, make a decision, I would have to flip a coin. But I'm here. (laughs) We could do this at the same time together. We never could do it together. That was always the problem. Even when we were both there, we never were able to do the podcast together. I got dogs. You got dogs. Coming to you live from the dog court. Wife hates me. (laughs) The dog park. (laughs) So that's the question to the audience this week. If you had to, if you had a teleportation home, where would it be? Oh yeah, and judge me on my social interactions. On a scale of one to ten, give me a number. I guarantee the average is going to be six. Without any manipulation, the average will be six. I don't understand. I think it's this weird thing with social media that kind of blows my mind. It is the constant expectation. Um, social media emails you know i don't owe you anything unless i owe you money for like absolutely a bill i owe you money i don't owe you anything i don't owe you my time i don't owe you my friendship especially Uh, if it's avoiding the name drop thing i have a celebrity friend of mine and one time we were discussing that he was talking about how how insane the the expectation from fans is that you answer every single message, every tweet, if they get his email, every email. He's, he said it, it's, it's unbelievable how much time people want from you. And, and most of the requests that he gets, all of them are innocent. It's not like anybody's asking him to rob a bank or commit a murder. It's just like, hey... When will you be in town? And he just doesn't have the time to answer all of those questions. And and then people, his his so-called fans, get angry with him and, and, and hate on him. Oh, he's such a rude son of a gun. Won't even answer my emails. You know, won't answer my messages. Won't respond to my tweets. Nobody owes you that, dude. We, I mean, need, to, we need to get so famous that we can just kind of like Heisman people like that. <laughs> but in a, in, in a, I love the people that have people that work their social media. But when someone's working your social media, uh, I'm really trying to avoid the name dropping. Someone else I know whose whose social media is run by uh, uh, people, but yeah. they never say, "Hey, this is me speaking for so and so." Or so-and-so would like to tell you, it's always as if the response is coming from him. So, and that him, by the way, is I've known for a very, very long time. And he is killing it right now 
with uh, with a television show that is like no other that's ever been on TV. Absolutely killing it, and I have nothing but the best uh, wishes for him. And he's losing a ton of weight too, so good for him. Anyway, uh, yeah. I don't know what but you think about like back in the night. day. It's a is it a full moon? No, mine's right here looking at me with sad Up eyes. In the distance, I don't know if you can hear it, but Zeus is letting me know that someone's breaking into the house. Yes, and, and we just went through a five minute break where uh, your dogs were letting you know that you're about to be murdered. Rupert is the couch commander. He defends us from the couch. He alerts from the couch. And then small dog just bolts outside and is ready to uh, face anything full on. I hate it when a dog cries wolf. So today he's going nuts. Just losing his mind. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. I don't want to shut up. And, uh, I, I, to, to placate him, I said, I'm going to go check the door and find out what the issue is. So we paused the television. By the way, just got through another season of Alone. It's amazeballs. I paused the television, go to the door. There's nobody at the door, but in the silence, we hear the bump, 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 bump. What he was barking at was my, my robot upstairs that was cleaning my carpet. <laughs> we couldn't hear it because of the TV, but he heard somebody upstairs, and he was letting us know. So he didn't cry wolf, so I can't be mad at him. Now that the, I know. Everyone in our neighborhood got new dogs. They all got puppies recently um, over the last several months. Puppies? Yeah, right. Uh, so there's a lot of new barking happening in the neighborhood and that will just set, just set them right off. But they're barking. What are they telling? I have to, I have to confirm. What are they saying? I must confirm the threat. <laughs> the, you may have seen the photo of Zeus up against the fence, looking out over the fence. Well, what you can't really tell is there's a deep valley that goes all the way down and then rises up to houses on the other side that have dogs. So when he gets up on that fence, he's making it known. I am Zeus. This is my house. You other dogs suck. Shut up. <laughs> what's your name? Voice, yeah, what's your name? Tony. <laughs> his voice carries through that valley. I mean, there are people far, far away that are screaming, shut your dog up. <laughs> but we don't let him. First of all, he's not very vocal. When he is vocal, it's terrifying. But we, we, I mean, it's not like we lock him up outside. We don't let him do that. He gets four or five good barks in, and we, we get him in, in the house because we're responsible pet owners. Yeah, we we try. Some are, sometimes our dogs are faster than us. That's a problem. <laughs> well, beagles, beagles are fun. And you said it one time. I've never forgotten it. The dog was barking, and you said it's the call of my people. I've never forgotten that phrase. <laughs> and we were still in Rota at the time. So when me and Zeus would go down a, a particular road, there was a beagle up on the fourth floor that would see us and announce to everybody that uh, Zeus and Tony were coming. <laughs> What's your name? He's a good good times. Are you ready to take a spin? <gasps> The Wheel of Destiny. Destiny. The Wheel 
when it comes to the book uh, do not take bets when it comes to the wheel of destiny i may already know where it's going to land are you ready listeners and chick brew who's also technically a listener are you ready listeners to learn some interesting facts that you never knew before because the book of everything that's a hardcover book that means everything in this book is real the book of everything real outdated facts <laughs> One fact was outdated. How could the authors have known what was going to happen to Iran in the next 30 years? <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Here we go. An interesting fact that you did not know before right now. The average pencil can write 45,000 words or a single line 35 miles long. Ponder that for a moment, if you will. A single line, 35 miles long. It's hard to fathom. It's hard to understand. What I used to do as a long distance runner, because my kids didn't appreciate the distances of half and full marathons, when I would have them in the car, I would say, okay, as an example of how far your dad ran this weekend, let me show you. And we would be doing 80 miles an hour. And of course, that's 24 minutes, you know, or 60 miles an hour and 24 minutes to, to do the distance of a marathon to give them an idea of how long it is. So for those of you listening, you look at that little pencil that you've got beside you and realize that the average pencil can write a single line the distance it would take you 35 minutes of driving at 65 miles at 60 miles an hour i'll be right back <laughs> that's a long line you know in a few years people are going to be like what's a pencil i have never in my life i have never ever in my life used all of the pencil that was available to me i I could go in this house right now, and if I search, I could probably find probably 20 or 30 pencils of varying lengths. None of them have been written down to the nub. What kind of psycho would, would use the last five miles of pencil? From the looks you're giving me, I'm guessing you don't have any pencils, any pencils in the house. Oh, no, no you're, you're a, you're a yes. snub writer. Yeah, I actually really like when they get down really small because then you got to get the knife to sharpen them because otherwise they don't fit in the pencil sharpener. Okay, okay. Uh, if there was a test for psychosis, I'm pretty sure it would just be two pencils. It would be a normal length pencil and it would be a snub pencil. And the, the psychiatrist would go, okay, choose your writing instrument. And if you pick the tiny one, they just put you immediately in the rubber room. They know you're going to kill somebody or a lot of people in the future. Snub With a tiny writer. pencil. 
(laughs) (laughs) So uh, that is an interesting fact, something I did not know before. Did you know? No. The book of everything comes through again. It's such a good segment. We do two facts. Do you use your pen until they're until they're done? Oh, yeah. I kill pens. Yeah, a, a pen same with a pencil. Stays the, no, a pen stays the same size, only the ink disappears. But I really like that that feeling of like I have I have used this, like I've I've done it. I I would say no. I've, I I can't. I have no life experience in using a pencil for that duration. Uh, I have a pencil. I write stuff down. I have a pencil. I write stuff down. By the time I need to write stuff down again, I've moved on to another pencil. I've wasted so many and such. I've wasted all of the potential of every pencil I ever held in my hand. I feel like pencils and you are chapstick and me. (laughs) (laughs) I only buy one kind of chapstick. It's fantastic. I think I've only ever used up one and it may or may not have gone in the dryer. <laughs> it might not have been a desperation chapstick. I really wish the book of everything had a similar, similar <laughs> fact when it came to chapsticks. Like the average tube of chapstick lasts, you know, three uses. <laughs> Here we go. Second fact of the day. Second fact of the day from the book of everything <laughs> Lithuanian men hmm? Lithuanian men oh yeah are 200 times more likely to take a guess marry a Lithuanian woman <laughs> uh, I, I think that's actually correct based on what I'm about to finish with Lithuanian men are 200 times more likely to kill themselves than Jamaican men. That's so specific. That's so, <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, I, okay, actual Jamaican men. Let's be clear. Jamaican men that I have met in Jamaica were some of the coolest, most laid back, most likely stoned people I ever met. However, Jamaicans outside of Jamaica are some of, used to be, no longer are, used to be some of the hardest working people I knew. But the Nigerians by far have stolen that from the Jamaicans. Where the the joke used to be about the hardest working family were the Jamaicans. That was an old in living color sketch. Uh, me work three jobs. Me work 20, 10, 10, 29 hours a day. That kind of thing. The Nigerians own it uh, they they are some of the hardest working immigrants in america i don't think it's the jamaicans anymore and i'll take that to the bank so but back to the jamaican jamaicans the actual island jamaicans if you're not living in kingston you're living in a beautiful place it's always sunny and tropical and it's an island and it's in the caribbean and lithuanian men live in a place where they get sunlight for six months out of the year they're, they speak very harshly at each other. They, they lived a hard life and they've come from hard people. Although it's the first time we really talked about suicide statistics in comparison to cultures. I understand this statistic. But now, 
you have it in your brain portfolio. Now you know that uh, if you ever see a Lithuanian man and you're thinking about maybe having a long-term friendship with him, don't. Because oh, <laughs> you're not really sure how long that would last. However, you meet a Jamaican man and you're thinking about having a long-term friendship with him. Invest in that dude. He's going to be around for a while. Or maybe just be a good friend to the Lithuanian so he has a better chance. Uh, she makes a valid point. <laughs> I'm not willing to invest that kind of time, but you make a good point. Well, that's because you're old and the timeline is short. <laughs> Yeah, I got to be careful where I spend that time. So last week we were making fun of the the Tasmanian people who were the bad derivatives of the New Zealand people who were the worst derivatives of the Australians. This week, when you say our- we, where you you're using the singular <laughs> we, correct? Because it was you it are was definitely you. an accomplice. It was you, <laughs> the singular we, known as T Bone alone, had that thought and said it out loud, and I, I probably stared dumbfounded at you. <laughs> I'm guilty. Aghast. I, I'm guilty. Aghast. Aghast. One of my favorite words. I I remember when I used to do the stand up. I would say uh, I, I would use the word aghast, and then I would immediately just like uh, tell the audience how no, I would say the word aghast. And then I would say, I don't normally use the word aghast, but I'm really proud of myself that I used that properly in a sentence. Ah, yeah. Okay, so don't laugh. No big deal. It worked for me. (laughs) It's one of those you had to be there moments. It was a fun line. Line! (laughs) I say it's time. Do you ever ever watch, um, I mean, Mystery Science 3000, right? I do recall. So you can download the riff tracks to new movies. So it's the same thing. You just sync it up. If you download the riff tracks to Twilight, this is a drinking game we used to play. Every time Kristen Stewart stares blankly forward, they say line. You drink every time they say line. You barely make it through the opening scenes. It's a good one. You're a little younger than me. Your drinking games were different than my drinking games. I shall now share my drinking game experience. When I was in Japan, we were there was a Saturday Night Live marathon on for some reason. And uh, we had uh, a whole bar full of sake, and we thought it would be fun to do a shot every time Chris Farley showed up in a skit. And, you know, and we're a couple hours in and, you know, we got a a fun buzz on. It's a good time. Oh, look, Chris Farley. We all do a shot. And then they hit us with the Chris Farley remembrance episode because he had already passed. I'm just going to say, don't really remember the rest of the night. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I was with my friends, and we were very uh, contained. None of us got in our cars and drove away. We were all living in the barracks. We did our shots. We got pit-chased, and, 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 uh, and we paid a price because sake is not, should not be a drink that you get uh, pit-chased on. It, it's, it's, it's not a good one for that. Lemoncello. As my as my friend Pasquale will tell you, limoncello also not a not an alcohol you want to drink. Not that one. Oh, no. oh. 
but he's there. He's with you in Rota. Him and Trish are there in Rota. But uh, Pasquale did that once. He made the mistake of uh, over-abiding in limoncello, and that's a price you pay. You got to pick your liquors. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get it, if you're gonna have an extra good time, you need to choose a liquor that's an actual liquor. It should be white. I mean, it should be clear, or it should be brown. And stick with it. Do not mix. The worst hangovers I, hangovers I ever had was I, when I would nonchalantly mix things. Like, oh, a white wine, how wonderful. Ooh, a red, how wonderful. And Eight shots of tequila later. <laughs> and the next day, you just, what was I thinking? Never mix, folks. That whole beer before liquor, never been sicker, and wine before dine makes you party on the Rhine. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know rhymes that are supposed to remember things for me. Liquor before beer and you're in the clear. Liquor before beer. Nope. That has not proven true for me. If I mix, I'm going to not enjoy the next day. So if I'm drinking liquor, that's all I drink. But when I go out, I only drink beer. And I only drink two beers. Unless I'm hashing. And then I may drink more than two beers, but that's over a span of several hours and there's physical activity involved. But if I'm just being casual, it's two beer, Tony. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. So the, the comedy club here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, I've, I've been there. I was there with uh, uh, some friends who were performing. Uh, their drink prices are probably the cheapest drinks I've ever seen in a comedy zone. They're, they're like normal beer prices. But I, I have, since Rhoda, I've become an over-tipper. I over-tip because it means more. You know, I've, I've got some change to throw around. It means a lot to the people on the receiving end. I used to be a server, and I remembered people who tipped me more because it was so out of the ordinary. So I've just made it a habit, and now I over-tip. Uh, my standard tip for drink service is five bucks. I'm having two beers. So that's, I mean, that's $10. The beers cost less than five bucks. So when it comes to doing the percentages, I'm killing it. And my, my waitress, you know, was very polite to me. And I'm thinking the next time I go there, and I will be going back. But the next time I go there, I'm just going to tell her in advance. I, I, I want to go ahead and I'm, I'm ordering two beers, one now and one at a time later in the evening. Bring it to me whenever you see I'm empty. And, and here's your tip. We're all right up front. That guarantees the best service I can ask for. It's true. Yep. I went to, after being in New York and being completely dumbfounded by the cost of America, <laughs> uh, I went to a cafe today with, a, or not today, yesterday with a friend, had two coffees, a croissant, a muffin, and a full-size bottle of water, 620 euro. Oh, my God. 620 euro. Oh, my God. It's like you can't even get a croissant or a coffee, singular, one of those things for what we pay for a whole breakfast spread. People don't understand. Okay, all right. So we're, we're just digging. We're just throwing it out there. Here's my philosophy in life. I could die and leave you money in my will. But where is the joy in that? There is no joy in that. So when I go out with friends, most of the time, and I don't, I, it's not a secret, but I'm, I don't want people to get, I'll, I'll put out the disclaimer. 
I usually pick up the tab because because I can it's afford to pick up the tab. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you also pick it up as you ghost. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do that, too, because that's my gift. That's my gift to you, whatever it is. My exit. <laughs> yeah, this is my exit. Don't worry about it. I took care of the bill. I like taking care of the bill for my friends because I can. And it's kind of my way of sharing while I'm alive. I can enjoy it. You know, you were happy that I did something for you. And that makes me happy. That makes us friends. So I like doing that. But I don't do it all the time. Just to be clear, if you ever go somewhere with me and you're listening to this, I, it's not guaranteed that I'm going to pick up the bill. So bring your damn wallet, okay? But it is possible. <laughs> oh, I forgot my cards. <laughs> it is possible that I might pick up your wallet. I might pick up, yeah, I might pick up your wallet too. I might pick up the bill. I'll probably pick up the bill. When I was in Spain, I remember paying for one bill. I had over 20 people. Over 20 people at a restaurant. The table was, you know, 16 feet long, people on both sides of it. It was, if you go across the street from, go across the street from Sonoma's and go down two blocks, go two blocks north, it's a white building. I fed over 20 people, full course, alcohol, everything for about 200 euro. Yeah. Yeah. I miss, dearly miss Spain pricing. And because tipping's not a thing there, <laughs> don't let Jeff hear that. <laughs> Hold on, I got a coffin fit. So traditionally in Spain, you don't tip. They pay their, their wait staff enough money that you, tipping is not the custom there. But you can drop a couple euro. You can, you know, here's a couple euro. I appreciate your service. Or you can, you can, again, the five dollar thing has kind of like become normal and where in america it's it's minimum 15 percent. and somebody recently posted a receipt i don't remember who posted it but it was a receipt that says this is why you need to know math at the bottom of the receipt it says good service 15 percent. it's a 20 dollar bill good service 15 percent equals six dollars and 87 cents that's all right that is not right. Instantaneously, not right. I know that's not 15% of $20. You dirty, dirty, birdie. <clears throat> and then, of course, it's got the other breakdowns on there, and all of them are wrong. If you tip 15% in Spain, you will have friends for life. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, unless, and this is not in any way disparaging. If you know an American that works at a restaurant that is regularly attended to by Americans. In other words, it's part of our circle of trust. It's it's within the circle, okay? You understand what I'm saying. They speak English. I know English. exactly. Yeah, you know. They speak English. They treat you nice. Well, you know what? And now you're, you're kind of back in the world of American tipping. And even if you're not American tipping, you should at least be tipping. This is very specific to you Rota people who go to Shamrocks and your servers are awesome and kind to you and they take care of you. And then at the last minute, you're like, oh, I'm in a Spanish restaurant. I don't need to tip. You do. You do. You should. Because that man's working hard. That woman's working hard. They deserve it. And I know it's, it's not the custom. But you do it because it's the right thing to do. It's true. 
That was a good talk. That was a good talk about stuff I didn't plan on talking about and didn't put in the precursor of the episode. Oh, well, no problem. This is who we are. We bounce around. Are you ready to spin the wheel? Okay, okay, apparently, apparently, spinning the wheel is too much, so we're just going to go right into... It's time to talk about cooking. And tonight, prove one thing. You know f- all. So, it's been a week since we've talked. What cooking food stuff do you have for me? But tell me something about food. I mean... I made homemade pita for the first time this week. It was fantastic. It was super delicious. I made falafel. I made hummus. I made raita. I made Greek orzo salad. And I ate pizza for dinner tonight. (laughs) Did you make the pizza? No, I ordered it from Slice. Slice Puerto. Yeah. Yeah. How is Spicy Hawaiian. (laughs) Spicy Hawaiian. It's got pineapple. And you call yourself a chef delicious that's not a pizza pizza doesn't involve fruit but then again most things that people think are pizza in the united states isn't pizza either it needs to have (laughs) needs to have a half-cooked egg runny on the top in the center oh you're going back to naples girl i get my i get get that in naples but when i'm here i'm gonna get the spicy hawaiian with the pineapple and all the stuff my friend jose he made pizza this weekend. He posted all the pictures. He had a, a nice selection of pizzas. I haven't engaged him to ask him how he made the pizzas or what the pizza ingredients were. I just took it at face value that the man had made pizzas for his three sons, uh, and, and they looked good. I have a pizza stone. Oh, I've, I've only used it like three times, and I burnt the jesus out of every one of those pizzas i haven't figured out how to use a pizza stone yet it's okay i experiment with cooking things and eventually i'll get it right why all the indian stuff what was the what was the motivation behind the falafel and the other indian things that you said i was cooking for um for a group of people and that was what they were getting was it another bar mitzvah no, this was just 10 people. It was a, like a conference. 10 people could do a bar mitzvah. What, are you catering now? I don't want to cater. It just sounds like am. catering. <laughs> huh? I just am. <laughs> <laughs> so why did they choose these items? Well, I were picked they them. Indian? No, but they were a mix of people who were vegan, vegetarian, no nuts, lactose intolerant. Oh my God. So it was, see, this is why catering is hard. It, cooking is hard these days. I can't imagine. I can't. Did you see the, uh, the guy who lost his cool in New York because the, the kids made a smoothie and apparently some fairy peanut dust got into it and his son oh, was yeah. definitely allergic and he lost his mind on these two teenagers? Oh, yeah. He like threw the smoothie at them. Threw and a smoothie, not necessarily the smoothie that made his son sick. Right. And threatened to kill him and called them immigrants. And then they called him a racist because he said the word immigrants, which I don't really know how that's racist. 
But it's I the mean, tone. his behavior was unacceptable, but it's and he the got tone. fired. He <laughs> yeah, got yeah, fired. fired. You don't his... say that. Look, I don't what you don't say that if you're not trying to be you don't say that like, oh, my God. Hi, you beautiful immigrants. No, that, that was not his tone. We all know what he meant. We all know what he meant. And it got away from him. You don't know what he meant. Oh, we know. No, we can assume what he meant. He could have just been calling them immigrants in a derogatory way without, because that's racist. They they both look white to me. (laughs) They they did. The two teenage girls looked white. Yes. So, and they had to call the police. We're all America. I'm just going to start calling everybody an immigrant because technically it's true. And my tone will determine what kind of immigrant you are. You, you immigrant. I mean, he like, he like went. Everything that he did, who cares what he said? His added, like the way his demeanor, these are children. These are children. And you tried to bust a door down. Yes, these are bad things. And if he, if he hadn't taken it to the level that he took it to, I would be trying to defend him a little bit. I would. I would be trying to defend him a little bit because I'm a firm believer in the freedom of speech. And I believe if you've got an issue, you should be able to go into a place that caused that issue. And you should be able to say with words... Anything you want to say about what it was, and but with, with limitations, with some limitations, throwing the smoothie constitutes assault. Trying to break in, um, well, that, 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 that's another charge. And the threats of death, that's another charge. But it, had he not done he, those things... He didn't know who made the smoothie in the first place, so he couldn't even say. One, no one was well, like, was oh, he didn't... He didn't mention the peanut allergy because I totally read about his his trial or his like little pre-trial his hearing. And he never said, I need there to be no peanuts because of a peanut allergy. Please make sure that nothing has touched peanuts. Two, if you Can you say peanuts again? Peanuts. <laughs> peanuts. Like why? Why would you go back? He, and you've, you've heard me say this in, in years, for years. If you have a food allergy, I'm sorry. Well, actually, I'm jealous and I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have a food allergy or your child has a food allergy. But here's the deal. Here's the societal contract with America. You can't go out to restaurants with yourself or the child. Let's, let's just stick with you. You, uh, strange person that I've created for this discussion, you have a food allergy. You, and you notice how I'm not looking at you when I say this. I'm looking <laughs> off to this side. You have a food allergy, and you are not allowed to eat outside anymore. You have to make your own food for your own safety and for your own protection. You can't get a spicy Hawaiian pizza from Slice and expect it to not have the possibility, the possibility of some contamination that kills you. You can't do that. Put your mask on. Go, go, go make your dinner. Go over there. Shut up. I mean, it's hard, right? Like everything says this has been made in a facility that ha- also has peanuts or well, whey I, yeah, or soy. Everything is now more of a, a legal disclaimer. Right. Hey, you know, we're making sausages over here and our sausages don't normally come with peanuts in them. 
But things happen, you know, and if it happens, do my There may do. be peanut oil in the facility. Right. <laughs> you know, like. But if you're if- deathly allergic to something, you can't count on other people to make your food. You cannot. And if your child is deathly allergic to something, you can't count on other people to make their food. You can't do that. Make your smoothie at home. Sit down. Shut up. You're not allowed to go outside anymore. Personally, I think Bubble most boy. of the food, uh, <laughs> boy. I think most of the food allergies are BS. I believe most of the food allergies are BS. I said it. This especially gluten. Gluten is my biggest. Like, okay, whatever, Nancy. Sure, sure. You're uh, deathly allergic to gluten. What happens if I slip a little gluten in there? What's going to happen to you, Nancy? Are you gonna you gonna die? I'm gonna get a some tingle. people will yes. I'm gonna get a tingle in my throat. No, I, I'm I'm gonna have some uh, irritable bowel syndrome. I'm gonna oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna die. No, you're not. You say some people will. No, some people will. No, there's celiac. nobody out there. Deathly no celiac hard. people who have celiac are. It is it is a it is a severe allergy to gluten. Google it. I'm not Googling it. Ask Bigsby. If I Googled it, I would dig deeper and find out like 0.0001% of the entire world population has. I only know two people with it. That's too many. That's too, too many. (laughs) Not that. But everybody's got something. You know, everybody's got some special, crazy dietary requirement. And, And mistakes happen. I'm a person that's worked in kitchens. You've worked in kitchens. Mistakes happen. Things happen. If you are deathly allergic to something, it is on you to make your own food. You can't count on. And you got. And if you're not, food. if you're not, don't order a smoothie that may have been made with peanut butter, and then say don't put peanut butter in it. And then if you did that, the dad should have tasted it. Was there peanut butter in it? Did you just blindly order something that? had peanut butter in it say don't put the peanut butter and then just trust someone else why didn't you taste it did you not look at peanut butter you can smell peanut butter (laughs) is do you think it's possible that in 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 the generation that we've kind of created behind ourselves that if you didn't have created nobody i have dogs (laughs) uh you 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 are educating the generation behind you whether you want to believe it or not whether you're directly involved or not you are dead you are do you believe because we've been so reactive to complaints that that is what's causing this <clears throat> idea that everything is you know uh, going to kill you whereas if a child doesn't like peanut butter and you give them peanut butter, and then they, you know, oh my god, I don't. And then the parent just goes the next step. Well, obviously, you're allergic to it. I, I don't like the black bread. What's the black? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no corn. <laughs> yes, yes. I was going with. I was going with color, not race. Eats <laughs> it. Oh, cornbread. So everyone loves cornbread. Oh, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And if you're lucky, if you're lucky, in the strangest world that ever could exist a woman will drive up to you and give you a tin of fresh break cornbread i married that woman i don't know why i it was just the strangest thing i 
she drove by and I saw her. I was like, hey, hi, pretty lady. Because, you know, we weren't doing anything. And she just said, oh, yeah, I was thinking about you and gave me a warm tin of cornbread. I was like, oh, thanks. I'll take this inside immediately. You and ate she, it. And she drove off. And it was good cornbread. But anyway, I don't like uh, the rye, especially the really dark rye. I don't like that. If I said I was allergic, no, oh, damn it. Where was I going with this? But we also cornbread really threw me off. <laughs> I, I I have a friend, um, and he hates ranch. Hates it. Okay. So because people and places will still just put it on things, he says no ranch. I don't want it. He doesn't like the smell of it. He doesn't want it at his table. He's just not into it. So he tells people he's allergic. That he's allergic, but he loves cool ranch Doritos. <laughs> And that's where people tend to catch him because they're like, dude, I thought you couldn't eat ranch. And he's like, no, it's the sauce. This isn't the same. I think your friend in this specific example is a majority of the people with food allergies these days. I don't like it, so I'm allergic to it. But 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 maybe I do like it. Winky, winky. Or, uh, no, I don't like it, so I'm allergic to it, and I tell you that I'm allergic to it so you don't put it in my food. I don't like onions. I'm not allergic to onions, but I don't like them. As a child, my dad forced me to eat them, and and that makes my uh, like of onions impossible. It's never going to happen. But I do like an onion ring. Because that's a Vidalia sweet onion, which is a heck of a lot closer to an apple than it is to an onion. But, and I like McDonald's cheeseburgers. And I don't know what kind of onion they use, but they slice it up real nice. And it, 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 it's very complimentary. But for the most part, I'm adamant about the fact that I don't like onions. So much so that the woman that I've been with for, geez, 15 years now, still sneaks onions into things for me. Because, you know, she thinks she's doing me a favor to give me a flavor profile that I don't want, I'm adamant about, that I don't enjoy. I don't like onions. I have, I personally have said to ensure that I didn't get onions on something, I have said, I'm allergic to onions. Please don't put them on my burger or whatever. I've done it. I've done it. I'm guilty. 100%. But I'm not really allergic. I just don't like them. And I think I'm the majority of people out there. I think these these actual death-like allergies are super, super rare. But they've just been played up in a way that benefits the, the person. I am allergic to mango, and it's devastating. <laughs> you have said this in the past? I believe you. You're the only person I ever, you are the only person I've ever known that was allergic to mango. It's in the poison ivy family. <laughs> you told me this? A nightshade? What happens if I get on poison ivy? <laughs> yeah. Will I die? How about that? Somebody put poison ivy in my hike. sandwich. What the heck? This is why we don't hike. It's dangerous out there. True. It's time for T-Bone's Unpopular Opinion of the Day! Uh-oh. Yes. I believe people with food allergies are liars. <laughs> I believe people who claim that they have a food allergy that can kill them 
are hyperbolic. Period. I mean, people do have peanut allergies. People have allergies to food. No, that was that was the beginning to lady uh, lady lumps or whatever. <laughs> and also, why did I get that after like two seconds of the song? <laughs> what? I do not have. I, 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 as if we haven't talked about food enough in this episode. I do not have any food revelations for this week. That I can think of immediately. Let me uh, the double check. What are you having my... for dinner tonight? Oh, we're going to the uh, final. Red lobster. <laughs> I never call it red lobster. It has always been the dead mobster. Uh, no, we're going. We're going to the final cut tonight, which is a uh, uh, a steakhouse. Are you picking up the tab? I'm on my way. Um, somebody's picking up the tab. But between the two of us, it's hard, you know. Oh, look at me. I bought my wife dinner. Aren't I special? <laughs> we also had dinner. <laughs> no, as I, as I reflect back on my week, it was just a, a week full of casino salads and, and whatever the wife made for dinner. Really, really no food experiments for the week. I apologize, listeners. I try to share something positive and or negative lessons learned if you will about food every week in an episode i failed this week i will do better do you have any headlines for me new hampshire liquor outlets to sell at-home covid tests I do not like your pronunciation of the word New Hampshire. New Hampshire? New Hampshire. <laughs> Can't get there from here. Uh, the wonderful people of the tiny state of New Hampshire have decided that the state-owned, I'm pretty sure state-owned package stores up there, they're called ABC stores, can now give COVID tests. Uh, in case you are wondering what's going on here, here's the deal. Chick Brew gives me a headline. I give you the rest of the story based solely on what I can deprive from my knowledge and the headline itself. The headline derive is, deprive what? I think I did those are deprive. two very. <laughs> <laughs> may, I may have used the wrong word there. That happens. It, 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 thanks for pointing it out, partner. You're welcome for my service. Show up, yeah. You're welcome for my cervix. What up there in the northeast? <laughs> Up there, too. <laughs> up there in the northeast of massachusetts new hampshire connecticut rhode island all those stupid little states more people making mad they uh they all have state-run package stores and and to this i say bless you congratulations you are far more advanced than the commonwealth of pennsylvania which doesn't allow you to buy beer in a package store yeah We've got that going for us. You're not mad. <laughs> but your state-run liquor stores are now giving you state-run COVID tests. And here's what I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen. If you get a state-issued COVID test from a state-issued liquor store, there is a 100% chance that you are going to test positive. 
I have said from the get-go that the tests are unreliable, that the tests are not good. Erica Badu helps me prove this point in the fact that she had two tests done on the same day, one in the left nostril, one in the right nostril. One comes back negative, the other comes back positive. Elon Musk proved it day after day after day prior to a launch of one of his rockets into the atmosphere. He tested negative and positive seven days in a row alternately. The tests are the problem. And uh, as crazy as Trump uh, was in some of the things that he said, he was, he was right when he said, stop testing. If, you, if you, want, you want to stop seeing the numbers go up, stop giving people tests. Because recently, everyone I work with has gotten COVID. Everybody. Everybody around me is getting COVID. Now, it has nothing to do with the incredibly low temperatures that are going on. The foot of snow on the ground. It's got nothing to do with that. Everybody who gets the sniffles is coming back with a positive COVID test because the United States government and its infinite wisdom has said, even if you've been vaccinated and boosted, if you get the sniffles, you got to take a test. And if that test comes back positive, which 100% of them have, you get the next five days off. Enjoy. So they've incentivized the test. They've incentivized. Oh, five days off. oh wait, I don't have a test. job. <laughs> <laughs> so I hold to my statement, ladies and gentlemen, if you need five days off from work, take a trip up to New Hampshire, go to the liquor store, buy one of their COVID tests and, 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 and test positive, and then send me a thank you note because I was right. You know who doesn't sell COVID tests? The dollar store. <laughs> the dollar well, the store, post office will mail you them for free. The dollar store should be doing, should be sending out COVID tests because the quality, the reliability, actually, I you believe. You can get pregnancy dollar, tests at the dollar store. I'm aware. <laughs> That's what it's doing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I firmly believe that the dollar store test for COVID or pregnancy same the same theory here for a dollar you get a box with instructions and a quarter and you take out the instructions and the instructions simply say if it's heads you're pregnant you have covid if it's tails you're not pregnant you don't have covid it's a pregnancy slash covid test that is more accurate than any test you're going to get at a liquor store in new hampshire <laughs> huh did I kill it? That was good, yeah. That was good. <laughs> do you have another headline for me? I do. A shipment of cookbooks is lost at sea. <laughs> you got to be really careful on the pronunciation of those words. I have, I have jided uh, you in the past about giving me over... Uh, too much headline. And this is the first time I think I'm going to say there's not enough headline. Why would this be a story? Why would this be a news story? Let me think for a moment. Cookbooks lost at sea. I, uh, I've never been stumped before. That's the entire headline. Cookbooks lost at sea. Authors hope fish enjoy the recipes. The subtitle is Authors Hope Fish Enjoy the Recipes. Wow. I spent time looking for one that would get you. You succeeded almost. It's coming to me. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the rest of the story. A bunch of people who think they are chefs created these so-called things called cookbooks. And they, 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 they went through the process. They paid a, a, a shady publisher that maybe doesn't have a Fifth Avenue address. He's got like a Fifth Avenue A address. So like it's Fifth Avenue in New York that everybody knows. But all of the alleys, they have their own little names. And his office is just, just off of Fifth Avenue a little bit to the right in an alley that you that you got to go downstairs to it's like a it's like a, a New York City strip club or massage parlor you you definitely go downstairs to those you don't go up <laughs> So they go to this publisher like, hey, we're a bunch of people who like to write recipes and we've made these books where you publish us. And the guy in typical New York fashion says, of course, I can publish you, but I'm going to need, you know, a little something from you to show that you uh, believe in me. So if you pay me you know, $500 in advance from each of you. I'll have the books printed. I'll have them printed in China where it's cheaper to have them printed. They'll ship them from overseas and then, and then we'll get them out to Amazon and everybody. It's going to be amazing because people love cookbooks. This is, this is a real thing, folks. People love cookbooks. We're going to get these cookbooks and we're going to get them printed, hardcover, beautiful artwork. You're going to love it, but I need the I need the initial money to come to me. I need 500 bucks from each of you. And they're like, "Oh, that sounds absolutely reasonable. We'll we'll give you money up front so that you can work for us." And they do. So there's like five authors here. So the guy pockets $2500 and uh, and 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 then that's it. He pockets the $2500 and these authors are like uh, where are our books? We, we wrote these cookbooks. We haven't seen these cookbooks. Oh, they're, they're delayed. You know, the shipping crisis. They'll be here. As soon as they get here, I'll call you up. Meanwhile, you know, he's, he's spending that $2,500. And they call him back. Hey, where's, where's our cookbooks? We're so waiting for our cookbooks to show up. And he's, you know, uh, you know uh, they're not here yet. Blame Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. He's doing this. And another couple of weeks go past. And that's when he breaks it to him. It's like, hey, guys, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, the ocean is a bad mamma and the ship your books were on got hit by a rogue wave, and your books were on a container on the very, very top of the ship. Now, the ship didn't go down. All the crew members are safe. Relax. It's okay. I knew you cared about them, but the one container that held your cookbooks, it went over the side, <laughs> and they cried. And they hugged it out. You know, thank God the crew members are safe. They hugged it out. It was a good thing. <laughs> you, you, you almost stumped me. I think I... Yeah, you were close, out. though. Am I'm I? actually very close, yeah. Um, <laughs> headed to New York from Taiwan, <laughs> there was a storm near the Azores, and uh, 60 containers fell overboard, <laughs> and 80 more were damaged. Yes, and all close. of those... All of those containers were from other <laughs> authors that weren't in the story. So then they interview the authors and like, it's such a tragic event that our books fell into the ocean. I hope the fishies like them. Meanwhile, the person that's fact checking the article for the story is like, I got news for you. That never happened. That's not real. It didn't happen. I love it. I killed. I killed headlines this week. I am so excited. <laughs> oh, that was great. There you go. Oh, man. 
I think we should move right to birthday boost and let's call it a day. Birthday boosts. Birthday boost. If you want to put some effort into actually making a jingle for birthday boost, I will do something. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, the, sh- the part of the show you've all been waiting for, especially if you've had a birthday last week or this week, is this wonderful thing we call birthday boost. Uh, Chick Brew and I both picked two of our friends to give them a little wonderful shout out and tell them how amazing they are. We'll also acknowledge our other friends who have had birthdays recently, but primarily four lucky contestants get a birthday shout out from T-Bone and Chick Brew. Uh, who is on your list for this week, my friend? Um, let's go Aaron Vincent. Let's go Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> let's, let's go, go Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she would die if she hears that. She's like, that's not me. Man, there's some good ones coming up on my list. Like, oh, it's going to be hard to select who who I choose to highlight. Um, say your name again. Aaron Vincent. Aaron Vincent. Are you going to boost her up? Say anything nice about her? Tell us a story. I don't have any appropriate stories. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Aaron used to be a bartender in one of the bars that I used to work at. And I think now she teaches like wakeboarding at the Texas ski ranch. Super oh, rad girl. Yes. I just, I remember uh, <laughs> one night she had like a dog with one eye. College was a weird time. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> we used to I, hang out, but I don't know if I have any like solid memories. <laughs> I unfortunately only get to choose two people to give a boost to. But there are some great people who are going to get acknowledged. So here is one of my two birthday boosts. This young man comes to me from Talladega, Alabama. I've been there. Uh, I have also been there. I I just, uh, he has grown up. I met him at a young age when he was first joining the Navy. He only been in the Navy for a few years. One of the most polite, genuine thoughtful people I ever got to meet in the Navy. I really love this guy. I love this guy so much that I asked him to be the guest speaker at my retirement ceremony. And then when he got promoted, he asked me to be the guest speaker at his promotion ceremony. So, Bo, if you're listening, happy birthday. I still think the world of you. That is a birthday boost. Boosted. 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 All right. Who's your second? Oh, James Houston. Oh, hello, James Houston. Hey, James. James is cool. James and I used to work together in a tax office. Oh, joy. He he made it bearable. (laughs) Super cool guy. I I just, you know what I think is weird is I don't really talk to anyone anymore, ever. I just talk to you. My life is sad. But I hope his birthday is wonderful. (laughs) I, I love it. All right. So, again, the second one I'm, I'm choosing because I want to tell a story. So, my second one is going to be Josh O'Brien. Josh O'Brien is a new social media friend of mine, but I have known him for a very long time. He was, uh, he was a young man with me in Japan many, many years ago. Made some mistakes along the way. I was part of the correction process. But I didn't really think much of it, even though listening to him 
Uh, he thinks a lot of me. No. <laughs> Josh, funny guy, works out of the comedy store there in Los Angeles now. He's a comic, but he was a CB, and he was a CB in my battalion. I don't remember how I recently came across him, but what I do know is he gave me, he gave me something pretty awesome, and he doesn't even realize it. I have lost touch with a friend of mine that I loved talking to a long time ago. Austin Leadham was a, a brother of mine in battalion many, many years ago. A fantastic person. I enjoyed talking to him. Josh runs a podcast out of the comedy store there called Civilianization. And he invited Austin onto his podcast to talk about just life in general. And I got to listen to a friend of mine who I have lost contact with for years being his true self. Just being... 100% Austin. So much so that, again, I've gone out of my way to look him up and try to find him. I've called some numbers trying to locate him just to tell him how great it was to hear his voice. In an episode that they recorded a couple of years ago, Josh O'Brien really, really made my day. So, Obi, your birthday's coming up. Happy birthday, and thank you for that, uh, that podcast. Civilianization, just look it up. Um, it's not necessarily safe for work but if you're interested in some of it i, I recommend it check him out civilized civilianization now who are your honorable mentions yeah uh, jenny slater okay uh allison ziegler do you remember her i i definitely know allison <laughs> because i had the unfortunate responsibility of connecting her to her husband <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and my road dog, Brian Curley. Brian Curley, your road dog. That's funny. One of my friends has dog in his name. <laughs> Is that all of your honorable mentions? Oh, yes, because I'm saving the other person for next week. Okay. Well, do you remember Tracy Cuevas? Why does that name sound familiar? Because she's a lovely lady that we worked with in Rhoda. Tracy's having her birthday. Daniel Hosaka's having his birthday. Also a Rhoda fam member. Uh, David Fuller, Mad Dog Fuller. Mad Dog. That's right, having his birthday. Uh, outside of the Rhoda scope, well, Grace Riley, she was Rhoda people. She's having yep. her birthday. Uh, and Mark O'Dell, he's one of my Gaeta peeps. He's having his birthday. Uh, Lawrence Limson, a Rota peep, having his birthday. And then uh, Will C, who's a comedian that uh, you know, I know, I've talked about him a lot. Uh, he's having his birthday. And this lovely lady, uh, Wendy Lee Nagel, is the wife of Russ Nagel. And I'm going to tell you, She's probably been the best thing to ever happen to anybody as you've watched it evolve. I've known Russ a very long time, uh, a mentor, if you will, great comic out of the, the B-Ham. He marries Wendy Lee and starts doing a lot of social media. She really just changed him. I, I wouldn't say she changed him. He's the first one that admits that she did a lot for him. It's fun to watch them and the entire Nago clan every Christmas. They do these wonderful games and they record them <laughs> and they're hilarious and funny. So, uh, happy birthday, Wendy Lee. And I know that was like two and a P. I know I did my two and I kind of did an extra one on Wendy Lee, but I don't really know her, so that doesn't count. I know her through her husband and social media, and I think she's amazing, and I gave her, I gave, I gave her my P. There you go. <laughs> That's weird. Don't, don't say it like yeah, that. Yeah, when I said it, I realized it, it came out a lot weirder than I was expecting. It's so, a, if you're having a birthday, 
and we don't do birthday burns anymore, what we're going to do is we're going to boost you. We're going to talk about you. What I forgot to talk about was Tegan. What I forgot to talk about is Shirley. We'll just have to do that next time. (laughs) There's so much going on there, too. (laughs) Yes, yes, there is. But they're going to get back on the fan page. And if you're trying to find the fan page, I used to say it was pretty easy. All you had to do was go on Facebook and type in hashtag Lunsby. That's L-U-N-S-B. And it would bring you to our page. But it doesn't really do that anymore because we have so many posts with Lunsby in them. So what you can do is go into the search thing and type T-Bone and Chick Brew. And honestly, we should then come up. But it's just the T-Bone and Chick Brew fan page. It's a way to engage us while we engage you. It's another wonderful show. And I remind you, as I remind you always, be the best person that you can be. And if you are a great person today, be an even better person tomorrow. And don't forget that you are loved. Lunsby, everybody. Lunsby. Lunsby. Thank you for listening to T-Bone and Chick Brew. If you enjoyed that show, you should check out the Jerome McLean Show, independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet and nobody's leaving, so let's reason together. You can find the Jerome McLean Show at the same place you actually listen to this show. Give it a shot.